episode six of the Innate Nuss podcast, a show about the beautiful complexities of the human experience. I'm Corey Firth, and my co-host, as always, is Caitlin Chismore. This week, we dive a little bit deeper into emotional intelligence and how important it is in our relationship. We talk a lot about how becoming more aware of our emotions is helpful in every area of our life. We talk about how honoring honesty with every relationship is so important, even when it feels difficult. And we share some lessons on the power of rage and its role in stress-based illness. And real quick before we jump in, whenever Caitlin and I touch on difficult or sometimes triggering conversations, may you listen to them with an open mind and forgive Caitlin and I for any misstep in an imperfect conversation or thought. To have any chance at growing, we take risks and we make mistakes in our conversations. And then we learn from those mistakes. Please try not to close your mind or your heart to others because of a single word or expression. Try to understand that we're just people moving through life in the best way that we can, and that we're good, but we're not perfect. We're far from it. We're doing our best to add a little more creativity, insight, and love into the world in the only way that we know how. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and reach out and let us know what you thought. As always, thank you for listening. back around i'll try okay. <laughs> okay so we were just having a little chat in our living room and it was just flowing and beautiful and so we thought we'd drop into episode seven yeah and, and just see if we could uh keep it flowing yeah. this is the first time we're trying this because it was like how quickly can we set up the mics mm-hmm. in real time when we're having a cool conversation so and we kind of flow yeah keep the flow going we kind of started talking about different like things about um self and buddhist philosophy yoga philosophy yeah it was the things. awakening um, of the elders was the the four stages of that buddhist tradition is what we were talking about which is like yeah. you the per- first part is entering the stream which is as far as we got with the conversation because it was telling us um it took it took us down another path anyway, so yeah. we don't have to go into that, I guess. But so then it just like went on and on and um, in different directions, and we started talking about eventually about love. <laughs> yeah, of course. And um, something that was beautiful was I was saying that like when you're in like pure love is when it kind of feels like liberation, like same as when you're like as your true self type thing like there's when there's no like conditions or anything that's like preventing you from feeling anything other than the pure love like ain't no jealousy or or mm-hmm. whatever um and you're just like in this like blissful <laughs> goop. pure state i was just saying it was like a goopy yeah. like mushy melted soul connection yeah is what what you and i had experienced and what we were saying i think too even like maybe this is where we can pick it up is like uh, we don't have an, I've never had anything to compare this to mm-hmm. like whatever I've had amazing other relationships and nice connections, but like not this merging of two souls and hearts together as one and all that like craziness yeah. that we've described in the past, probably on episodes, but this is like a wild, um, wild feeling 
Mm-hmm. And that what you described is like liberty. Like, uh, it's kind of like the purest form of love is uh, purest form of love creates a liberation that feels like home is what we were sort yeah, of getting at it's too. Like literally you're like the most present. You're, you're just not wanting to be anything else or like you're not in the past or present or not in the past or the future or anything. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's, just, it's almost like the purest love, like almost like what you would expect for like a baby mm-hmm. kind of thing, except it's different. It's just, anyway, it's like, well, we were kind of referring it to Pearl or we were going back to Pearl yeah. and like the love that a dog has is like, unconditional no filter pure love all the time there's never any like unless you're hurting it it's not hurting it's it's all love all the time Mm -hmm. and like we have that even in the moments when things get a little sticky or tricky in terms of like you know stress or yeah or uh, other it's always external stuff that we end up coming back around to but like if i'm upset about something or whatever and i kind of snap back at you on something or whatever unintentionally just reacting to something out of my uh field of awareness or whatever um we still come back around to it but that still happens and that's what we were kind of saying too is like love takes work the liberating love takes probably in my experience because i had like said i love you before mm-hmm. to other people but like <laughs> <laughs> sorry in advance if any of you are listening <laughs> that i've said this to before I, I didn't mean it oh my god <laughs> well oh my gosh okay. that's harsh. <laughs> well i didn't know that i didn't mean it though so let's that let me start with that but this is an important thing to talk about because except for your family you no, no no i don't mean that i, I just mean in relationships we're only talking about relationships yeah. sorry I, yeah family love you still love you always loved you um but in relationships even those people like i love them at my capacity of love back then i guess it's just the capacity's exactly, grown changing. and the i think what we were talking about too before was like the love was met with this um what did you call it attractiveness lust you said lust yeah you said there was a lust in the beginning that was well, different than past like a past version of lust and then it evo- it has evolved from there. Like it wasn't yeah. lost in the traditional sense. I'll let you I'll let you so, take it from there. So something that that was really profound. I thought that that you said and made me feel like good and everything. But um, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but you said that that liberation feeling of love that you feel that we have that more now than ever. Right. Which is incredible because usually people think that like oh your honeymoon phase or whatever they call it at the beginning of your relationship yeah is like the pinnacle of love and then it, and then it dwindles but you, yeah. it actually gets like deeper and you love that person for all these things about them that you learn about them that's so like unique and special and like Adorable. annoying and irritating even if it's yeah, yeah even yeah, if yeah. it's ridiculous <laughs> and like you laugh about things like like the, the fact that you use too many utensils when you cook yeah that's Corey's <laughs> beef with me it's like his only <laughs> it's a kind of a joke but 
Anyways. It's my only beef. It's my only gripe with you. Yeah. But I love it still. Like, I've never actually gotten mad at you about it. I just, we just, like, we joke about it. I think you do. But we still laugh about it. Yeah, maybe I'm just trying to pretend like we don't, but, Um, yeah. But then the funny thing is, like, um, I was also saying that, like, the thing is, I think that our love is stronger, not only for all the more reasons that I know about you and love you and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And But I think it's also because we know each other on such a deep level and because at the beginning of our relationship, who we were had a lot more emotional and psychological baggage. Mm-hmm. And so we were still kind of struggling. Well, we still are always, I guess, like processing diff- that different stuff. Mm-hmm. But... um. So it's like almost like we couldn't like fully love each other. For one thing, we didn't fully know each other because I think that like the more you know somebody, the deeper you respect and the more interesting they become and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, and I was like fascinated by you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. when we first started dating, um, and still I am every day. But uh, can I stop you there? Because I think that this is gonna be an interesting long long story and conversation probably but what i was thinking while you were talking there before and it just came and i had to just mm-hmm. cut you off probably um is that i would think that i i was any anyway just beginning to love myself when mm-hmm. we met mm-hmm. and that was the only reason why i was able to actually like probably meet you process what what that meant to meet you in that way that we met and then, and then like accept it, like remove the, any resistance around past experience and future concepts of what love means and whatever. And just like let go. It's cause I was like un, unraveling what loving myself meant, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I was like really diving into that when we first started dating too. More yeah, so. and then I think the part of part of what has been liberating mm-hmm. is we've just like coached each other through yeah. that process of loving ourselves more. And the more that we coach each other, not coaching is not the right word. We always use these like we have these analogies, right? We had like that I don't know if we've talked about this before, but the the like boxing coach who's in the corner mm-hmm. who like will cheer you on and then you have that like person on the side of the road during a marathon who gives you that glass of water you have like a spotter at the gym who like will get that weight for you when it's too heavy like we've done that for each like other mirror for each other we're always like yeah. can balance out the other person but not in like a bad way it's like we're just meeting a that person where they are yeah and I, I have such a i don't like the way that sounds like <laughs> the we're just meeting people where they are it doesn't make any sense sorry it makes sense but it's it's like just a kind of cop out yeah it's kind of a cop out and i know you didn't you're not saying that in this i know you the way you were saying it in this scenario was different but that's so so commonly used now and i'm like every time i hear it i kind of cringe a little bit because i don't feel like that's enough i feel like you saying you're just meeting people where you are is actually maybe just you feeling like you're above them in some way. Some people, when they say it, I don't mean everybody, but sometimes when I hear that, and I know that's not what you were saying in this scenario, but when I hear it, 
I think I just had to say it out loud because I don't think I've ever told you that, that it kind of irritates me when I hear that. But um, you weren't saying it like you were, we were meeting each other where we are. It was like we were holding each other where we were. We were like, yeah, like supporting, supporting each other where we were. Yeah, and we were fucking things up for each other too in in some ways, right? Like I, I'll admit that I was sometimes. We're like, as we were just talking about earlier and we've talked about a lot, especially with the baby coming, is that like the male energy in a relationship is kind of always Mr. Fix-It. Kind of always that yang to the yin of the like directional like do it i think we talked about this last we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. but in that instance of you growing spiritually and me growing spiritually like you're really good at just letting go and letting me have my thing and then like poking at things and asking good questions and i think i am too but sometimes it just gets away from me and i'm like why don't you do this like you know how to do that and like well i think we're um Something that I really, uh, I'm grateful about in this relationship, actually, is that, um, and you always help me with this, actually, but about um, how sometimes there's points where we come up against each other that we're not understanding each other. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but in the sense of that, like, male-female energy thing, where... um, I'm learning I have to like communicate more in certain areas like mm-hmm. certain ways that I'm thinking I try to communicate but sometimes the way that I'm explaining it makes you feel something else right like because mm-hmm. other, the other person is always like has a certain perception and something that you could say in a certain way will trigger that person mm-hmm. unintentionally but then if you have to like fully communicate I think that's where it gets um dicey with the relationships where like obviously if you need space it's good sometimes to walk away but sometimes if you don't um either ask the person for clarity or explain maybe what you heard or what you're trying to get through like certain certain things that i struggle with you don't always understand because it's from like more of an emotional place Mm -hmm. and you're like, what are the facts? (laughs) Yeah. But, but that's not what you need in that moment. That's kind of what I was saying. Sometimes I screw it up by, by, uh, I I interfere with where, with how you're a better place. It does. Yeah. Because I will, well, lately, I think maybe even since the beginning, I've been good at like recognizing when I'm doing it Mm. Maybe not right away, but at some point I'm like, oh shit, I'm, I'm in here meddling with your, your transformation and it's not my place. And then I kind of admit it. And then you're like, yeah, I was just trying to explain this. And it kind of helps you maybe, maybe I'm speaking for you now, but it feels like maybe it actually helps you explain it differently because you're actually trying to, you're actually trying to like say it to me and I'm going too fat into the rationality of whatever it is. And you're in the emotional, in the emotional place and you're not ready to go to it yet. So because I go there too quickly, it's like we're catching up on each other. It's like we're, it's like I read ahead and you're catching up and then I have to actually go back and then you end up going ahead and then we kind of connect in the end. But it is like changing a little bit because we are understanding from a different place something like that or like i will explain sometimes i just need to explain all the details and that's what gets you kind of frustrated right this is an important topic if we haven't talked about this already this is very important like in relationships it, but. but okay so if we have then i'll take it in another direction because 
I think what I'm realizing right now, and this is something I'm only realizing right now, um, regarding this type of a uh, scenario in a relationship, is that it's important for ourselves, and I'm not just going to speak for us, but I think it probably relates to more people than just us. It's important for each individual in the relationship to be doing their own individual work Mm -hmm. so that when those types of scenarios come up, um, you're able to kind of be aware of like where you're screwing up or like where your fault, where you're, where you're bringing the miscommunication, the, the, where you're, where you're part of the miscommunication, um, has happened or has gone wrong. Um, because I can picture all kinds of moments with you. Not that they happen all the time, but I can, I know where they are, where I, I, I've gone wrong, but it takes like, it takes a little bit to come back to it. And most of the time we're pretty good at like in the moment in real time, understanding it. Cause like, we'll see our egos battling each other. And then we end up having a laugh about it. Cause we're like, what the hell are we fighting about? What, what are we talking about again? Or like, not really a fight, but we're arguing about something or we're disagreeing about something or one of us is more stressed than the other. And we end up battling each other and it usually happens right away where we're like, okay, I, sorry. <laughs> like it's usually me going like, I'm too stressed out or whatever. Well, often but, like you, are you really good at saying like, can you say it another way? Or you'll come back around and be like, okay, let's come at this. Like with our egos and just say this, you know what I mean? And then as soon as the energies of that kind of dwindles down a little bit and calms mm-hmm. down a little bit and we're both open to, explaining or we give each other space to fully express what was happening in our minds and how the other person's reaction was affecting us yeah absolutely and there's two things that i think about in this that 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 we do well in the relationship um (laughs) it might just be me talking about how great i am but uh i was just thinking like so I, when I when we have a th- when we have a scenario where we're not on the same page, typically we don't really leave that scenario without getting on the same page. But sometimes it happens. Normal, not a big deal, but it no happens. Ever happened? No, it happens. Like it happens where it'll be quick. Like maybe I'll be too stressed out about something, and then I kind of snap on you, and just about something stupid. Or like Pearl's pissing us off, one or like whatever, and then we snap at each other. Just a little snappy moment. Normal thing in a relationship. But like then I'll go away in meditation or you'll go away or something and we'll ha- we'll reflect on it and we'll go, okay, like she was right. She needed all those utensils <laughs> 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 to make that one chicken salad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – well- <laughs> don't I, go into the we utensils. Can't even, we can't don't even go, go to the utensils conversation because <laughs> I, 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 I have the reasoning for the reasoning for utensils. Let me go back. Let me go back. I forget the other piece. There were two things. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we reflect on it and we come back, and usually that's pretty quick. And I would say that's because we do our own work, right? This is what I was saying before: is like individual work is very important. But I think there's just one thing that we said to each other. And I can't remember when we said it, and we've probably already talked about this, but like. I think it was you that said, can you hear me for what I'm saying? No, we talked about this before. It was me that said it. Can you hear me for what I'm saying and not for what you're feeling? Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know where that came from, but 
that's a huge thing that I, like we'll both use that from time to time where you see me in emotion and you're like stop stop you're telling stories like listen to what i'm actually saying not what you're feeling and that's a big thing to ask and it's also like kind of a at first it's kind of probably a hard thing to hear because you're like i'm not feeling <laughs> like, but it's also not too that could also trigger somebody a lot that's because what I mean. then they yeah. could, then you're not saying you weren't saying don't feel no you were saying can you hear me for what i'm saying yeah like basically i need you to hear me yeah instead of reacting which i think is a beautiful way of saying it and then it opens the gate because then you can be come back to like the present moment and, and fully listen mm-hmm. and then if you need to like express your feelings i think <laughs> <laughs> i don't know as a woman i i'm very sensitive and very much like um led by, by my 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 ugh, my gosh <laughs> by my emotions but i'm not like off the handle like illogically em- emotional do you mm. know what i mean i'm not just like crying all the time or something like that <laughs> no um you are a sensitive person but you i think you handle that sensitivity pretty well like you you manage it mm-hmm. you're not like you don't use it as a crutch it's not your identity you know what yeah. i mean like like some people will be like i'm highly sensitive and that's probably culture like we have this highly sensitive child or highly sensitive person or whatever which is a real thing and i'm not taking anything away from that but it's it's pretty we're i mean maybe we're too quick to kind of put that on people and maybe that's my ignorance too i'm not trying to pretend like i know everything about that scenario but you are you are highly sensitive but you manage it in a way that i think is uh i don't know what the word is i respect it like i think it's very uh you handle it very well thank you I actually try to um, look at it like a gift now. Like, I used to look at my intuition, my sensitivity, my, like, creativity, my emotions. Like, anything that was more on that kind of spectrum as bad, like, or as not very useful. Like, people in... maybe society it's a society thing or something um and i guess because it would like it impacts your life because you're (laughs) you're so tuned into like subtleties i guess Mm -hmm. Um, well sorry go ahead but and also like more of an introvert like all those things very like more cerebral um kind of like introspective Mm mm-hmm and but then over time i'm like that has a lot of benefits for me mm-hmm. plus that's to know and accept that from yourself then you can be more free to just live into who you are and mm. y- use those um aspects of yourself um as like tools for understanding yourself more and to know that like you um like how my brain operates help it helps me anyway Mm -hmm. to just understand people understand myself and then also i guess with you you like balance me out in a lot of ways because you have those things i think more than you 
talk about mm-hmm. because we're very similar but then at the same time you have that like extra logic and structure and like sub- certain elements i don't have mm-hmm. so that male aspect or whatever you want to call it um it's just more it's just no it's just more male oh, i'll pick it up it's just more male it's just more of a male trait i think is what i always say or what we've always talked about i think but i i would say my understanding and you taught me a lot about this because you are sensitive but you're you're logical with it you're, you're like you have a way of integrating it well into your life like it doesn't take control of you so I think there's a lot of what what's going on in the world lately is that people that are sensitive this might this might sound triggering to some people but I'm not trying to say it in that way I'm just trying to make sense of what I understand of the world people that are highly sensitive are really emotional like we were just talking about and I think there's two layers of sensitivity there's emotion and then there's intuition mm-hmm. and some people just don't have the ability to go to what is intuitively right and they're sitting in their emotions, which are actually based on some stories and some past experiences and some conditioning and some other things. And they're making decisions at that level. And and that's not very helpful. And I'm only saying that from my experience. I'm not saying that because of what I'm I'm saying they and I'm saying the world. I'm saying that like it's broad. I can see it now because I can see it in myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm describing. And what you were saying before is that you think that you have that I have a lot of it in me. I do as I think I do as well, <clears throat> but that's how I would describe it. Is yeah. like before, it was emotional, but I wasn't like outwardly expressing it, and I wasn't I wasn't like acting on the emotions. I was just experiencing all the emotion, and the intuition was completely suppressed. Like I had no idea how to follow intuition. I knew nothing about intuition, and it's funny because we were just talking about someone had asked you about intuition, and you had some really good advice. But um, that's how I would describe that highly sensitive person yeah. that is that is a, a maybe where you've taken it and figured out how it's a benefit because I you find. really realize how you've been able to ex- experience intuition through emotion and act at that intuitive level instead of the emotional level yeah exactly and i think there's more to a highly sensitive person like there's like books on and stuff like that but um what i have read just to like see because someone told me yeah like, we'll put a little like excerpt at the beginning that we are not experts on this I topic i can't remember the girl's <laughs> name who's done like a bunch of studies on it but um we're just talking just keep going yeah, don't, so don't, don't filter yourself like because you feel like you're not an expert high sensitive we're not person trying to be experts. is not just like you're emotional yeah it's like you're you have like all these elements of your being are sensitive like physically sensitive Mm. i am extremely physically sensitive like um we're like yeah i guess we were just talking i was just talking about psychology there i guess yeah Yeah, so like what i consume physically affects my body like for example like i remember even growing up as a kid like i'd eat like unhealthy things and my body would like reject it Mm -hmm. like um or like my skin like i certain fabrics like make me really itchy like but that's not even it doesn't Oh, I'm not explaining this very well. But then there's also, like, um, sensitivity, like, in conversations and things like that, where you're, like... Energetically. And it's kind of an intuitive or introvert thing. 
but you're like reading into all the scenarios right. of that person like i told you before about how like when i talk to somebody it's not just like we're having a conversation and i'm just like interpreting your words and the words mean something it's like i'm reading your body language which everyone does this it's like 90 percent is non-verbal we talked yeah. about positive before too but like um and i'm processing all of that in the same time as i'm communicating with you so like some communication feels like a lot like mm. i think that's why i get like more drained as an introvert i guess more of an introvert than because there's just so much like emotion like i'm feeling it's like i'm feeling your emotions mm. as i'm talking to you and my emotions and how you're perceiving me it's like a whole thing i would but say though that just it's also a coping mechanism i think i've learned yeah and i time. think you're also uh you're pretty sometimes you're stuck in the way you describe that because i would say you've gotten way better in handling that because you it it was more like my understanding of it since being with you is like you were only able to really go deep in conversation with kind of one-on-one with people it was like much easier when you were in a smaller group but when the group started to get too big you kind of you're kind of taking in everybody's energy and mm-hmm. emotions and like pretend and potentially perceptions, your, your understanding of their perceptions. Um, but I would say that that's changed dramatically for you. I would say it's way different. Yeah. And I know even you were going to cut me off and say it still is, but I would say. Well, I haven't been in a large group of people in a long time. <laughs> well, I would say like with my family or we have some group of friends that we get together yeah. with. Like you're, and I actually really like. I think I, it's I was more like a comfort of myself comfort in my own skin kind of thing like not not as ashamed of who i am that's what i'm trying to work on like just being happy with myself because part of that was also like insecure to myself because mm-hmm. i'm also not one to just like talk mm-hmm. and but whatever mm-hmm. just to talk and um i lost my train of thought <laughs> i was just gonna say this is why i love that we're putting this podcast out I was thinking about it today. I was like, I think, because we were talking about what our intentions were right now that we're starting to put it out and people have so awesomely responded to it. Like just people I didn't even know, like were still connected to me, reached out and said like really nice things. But um, the intention was just like put it out with no expectation really. And just hopefully people connect to it. But I think another part of it for me is like, this is going to be a mechanism for people to be able to see who you really are because sometimes in those big group scenarios and and more specifically like with my family or my friends maybe not with my family because you're really close to my family but with my friends maybe they don't get to see like the true version of you because there, it, there's a lot i'm always like when I'm around a group of people that I know more than you know, I'm just like buzzing around and like mm-hmm. talking with everybody and like they don't get to see people try, but it's like, I'm maybe a little overwhelming sometimes. Cause like, I just like to really get in with everybody and like get into conversation and like go there and like, I can, I can go too far, not go too far, but I can not control the conversation, but I like to be like involved. And I like, I like that you do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm really pumped about, putting these out because this is like unfiltered you and not a lot of people get to see that fully 
which is is too bad today but gonna be amazing like episode 50 when people are like oh my god caitlin's <laughs> the best oh my god you're so sweet <laughs> you're so funny um i think i also have maybe like just a very strong protection thing of myself or like a filter more of a filter maybe what is it um well it's probably a lot of things it's probably there's like residual self-consciousness and shrapnel yeah shrapnel of like different relationships in my life that caused me probably to develop like certain trust issues oh just like that like friends and go on relationships and things well, I think I've talked... I've never talked about this before. <laughs> I'm always wondering if we've talked about this before. I don't think we have. Um, but I don't so think you want to. So you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, but it's really uncomfortable. I want to I wanna poke a little bit, but you don't have my to. Body. It, feels, it feels like I'm supposed to say it, but I can't fully get it out. Okay, but basically, time. like... I think it's so beautiful about you is that you're, like, very open. And we were just talking earlier about um, how, like you learn something that's transformed your life and you want to share it immediately with other people, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. Um, and I think that you want to get like that feedback and have that great conversation with people. Cause you just like to like have different perspectives, I think, mm-hmm. or diff- yeah. And I think I like, um, will have a deep, maybe a deeper, not a deeper, but, longer period of like processing and integration i think mm-hmm. i take i do take a long time to process things mm-hmm. more than you do i think mm-hmm. well this is what we we're talking about tonight what i was just reading about in that book uh after the ecstasy the laundry by jack cornfield there it talks about this theraveda uh principles of the elders i think it's something about the elders um and the first part is like you're going into the stream and you go into the stream and that's where on a uh, piece of enlightenment happens or a connection to source or uh, spiritual transformation or awareness happens. And then, then you go into the returning, which is where you have to go take that little nugget of beautiful bliss and awareness and understanding of something new and then apply it to your actual life. Mm-hmm. And I like to just come back and tell people about it and try to show people that mechanism for how I got there. Mm-hmm. And you're more like you kind of sit with it and like integrate it better. And my, in my past, this is very recent that I'm understanding that I actually don't do that very well. Now I'm like, I'm trying to sit with it and see how it integrates in. But I think that you. I'm not trying to build a book about it or a business about it or some TED talk about it. But I do do (laughs) think that you integrate it in a really powerful way. It's just different than I do. Like, you categorize it. You actually, like, always, when there's a problem or something, and then you figure it out, you always figure out how to, like, move it into action and make it different the next time in in your life. Mm. Which is, I've never seen anyone else do that in the way that you do it. Like, you literally change it every time. But, um... What do you mean? Like, if something comes up the next time that we talk about it like some i don't know something happens and then we talk about it and then the next time say it comes up again or something you actually deal with it differently 
mm-hmm. like you remember things even though I think that you're afraid of forgetting, which is kind of ironic and hilarious, but you do remember it really well and you just apply it and you're just so intentional that way. It's beautiful. But, um, is that self-awareness? That feels like self-awareness is like, yeah, it is self-awareness. Amazing. But I think the other thing about that whole like processing thing and about information and everything is that like, I'm taking it and like, learning I just take a long time to like fully digest what it did for me or whatever and like sometimes I do feel like massively inspired to share with other people like mm-hmm. for example like yoga teaching and stuff like that right and I am passionate about that and I did think it changed my life but at the same time I'll, I also thought that like there is so much I don't know about yoga is like a cr- huge field and like all the philosophy and all the so many lineages oh my god yeah yeah yeah, it's insane um but like um sorry (laughs) i keep like losing my train of thought somehow but sorry it's really long (laughs) (laughs) um i like it just find it it's in the ether there somewhere yeah do you want some assistance? Maybe. We were talking about my self-awareness mm-hmm. and my ability to apply lessons into like oh, the next no. thing. I got it. Yeah. No, it's back to like, it doesn't, I don't always feel like it's my place to like teach that person something right. because they're not, they might not be at the same place right. or, whatever, or like they, um, you you haven't met them where they are. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but then it's also like if people come to me for something, like we talked, we were talking about earlier, like yes, this is I'm, great. I'm sometimes like, well, why? Like, what are you looking for? Yes. Like, why? Um, what are you struggling with? Like, what's the actual thing that you're looking for? Because usually, like, if the thing's vague, like help me with this it's like okay well why do you want to to know that and like um all the things that i've learned in my life like all these books i've read all these different things that help me might not necessarily help you and you might not be ready to hear that or um like for example someone recommended that Monte book when the body says no for me right and i also had this other book for um Books are a great example, wherever and I have a story about a book too. I want to talk amazing. about too. Yeah, but wherever you go, there you are. And I'm, I'm very much in like, the when I see something, obviously, like when you're aware of it, I think in your, in your subconscious, you end up seeing that thing more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I would see this book a million times, like almost every time I went to the bookstore, and I would usually go with that. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason, there was two books that came up all the time. I would open them and it wasn't hitting me. Like I'd have to go to a bookstore, look in the section, find a book that just like hits me when I open it and start reading parts of it that Mm -hmm. feel like it makes sense to me right now. But those ones weren't doing that for years and years and years. But someone had given it to you. No, they hadn't given it to me. The one person recommended it to me. Right. um, And it was very much something that I knew I was supposed to read, but it just wasn't. And do you think that person, like, knew? Yeah, more than 100%. Right. Um, but I think that... 
you think your it ego was too strong I, to hear that it, it was wasn't ready? the right time it wasn't yeah. the right time right. that's what i think because i know that i needed that i that would have been really helpful for that a long time ago but it wouldn't yeah. have hit the same way right. as when i read it in a different um mindset yeah right you and sometimes there's through. another book that's based on the same topic that just hits you in a different way. Exactly. And, and someone will be like, oh, that kind of sounds like this book. And then you read that other book and it does like, it's just not the same. Exactly. Yeah. So many times. And like, even what if What is you, that though? Even if I read a book like a long time ago that had a huge impact on me and then came back to it, it wouldn't hit me the same way necessarily. Mm-hmm. What is that though? Because you were referring that back to, um, you were, you were kind of referencing that in relation to, someone asking you for advice Mm. and this happens like this happens in any scenario we're not talking about it as us as people that have things to advise people on but it just happens in life where people talk to you about a topic or they bring something up and you feel like you have something of value to offer them or they come and ask for it and you um you there's like there's there's probably a more elegant way to describe what i'm trying to describe but it's like you have advice but you don't want to give it to them like you you know you can't you can't just give someone the answer to whatever they're struggling with but like you try to find ways to get them to the place where you know this thing might help them without Mm -hmm. like being like oh you have to try yoga or you have to read gabber mate well it's funny because sometimes I have recommended books to people before. And if, it hits if right. when they were, if when we were in conversation for a long time and it was just reminding me of that, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was like, wow, I think you should read this book. But then half the time they probably don't read the book. There are other beautiful times where people bring up something like, we're just keeping on books, but someone brings up a book and you read it or someone reads it and they come back to you and you're like, like this happened the other day. Someone posted about, a book that I'd recommended to them. I don't even remember doing it. And it had, it had an impact on them. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy. But then I was thinking about another person who brought up a book around me and I heard them talking about it and I wasn't quite in the conversation, but I read the book and it had like a huge impact on me. Yeah, and I can't, stuck I'm, out, that little nugget stuck out yeah, that you remember that book. I'm excited to tell her about it because she probably won't even remember that I've been, that I, um, she wouldn't even know that I had read the book because I don't even think she knew I was in the com- or like listening to her talk. But um, books are interesting, and and knowledge, I guess, is what we're getting what we're getting at, right? Because it's just it's yeah, just it's insight. Like wisdom and guidance. So my stepdad, you know the story already, but I'll I'll say it, say it already, or I'll say it again because like, she might not even know the whole story. So anyway, my stepdad and I we had a bit of a rocky start to the relationship and he um at some point like I don't know maybe a couple years into our relationship and then his his relationship with my mom he gave me the book psycho cybernetics Mm -hmm. and it was in like a basket of a gift with something else for my birthday kind of thing I was kind of like ah whatever like him and I weren't really like connected that we have a really great relationship now but I was just kind of like I just kind of like fluffed it off it was just kind of like uh, okay cool like I'll keep it but it wasn't like hitting me at all and then one day I was vacuuming by the bookshelf and back at this point I didn't have that many books like I wasn't really reading all that much back then I was interested in other things but I was like vacuuming by the bookshelf and I was some for some reason sitting on the floor because I was like reaching under it or like reaching under something else 
and I like hit the bookshelf and it fell in my lap. <laughs> and then I stopped. I don't know what happened, but I stopped vacuuming right there. I put the bo- I put the vacuum down and it's not a very big book. And I went and I laid, I sat down on the couch and I read like half the book and like th- that night. And that was like an initiation of a journey for you. A huge, it was probably the like starting point to my um, personal development journey or personal transformation. Um, big time. That book is amazing. Like if I could recommend anyone read a book, no. That is a great book. But um, it's cool when the book, like you were saying, like it's nice when it comes back around. And then it may not always come back around. Like Gabor Mate, I'm so glad I did for you because it's such a big one for you. Yeah. And that that psychocybernetics was such a big one for me. It just helped me understand my brain. Like it literally was a big, uh, it, like it, it literally spoke to how I was understanding myself at the time. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that your brain's not a failure mechanism, it's a success mechanism. I've said mechanism quite a few times in this episode. <laughs> um but um once i read that i was kind of like oh not everything has to suck like not everything has to be bad wait a second and i know that sounds like and that you have the power to i know change, that sounds change your mind right? like, like not revolutionary at all experience. but yeah it was it was huge for me back then because i was in my like mid 20s or mid, early to mid 20s just like not sure what i was up to and now I'm still not sure what I'm up to, but at least I'm not stressing about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when back then I was like, once everything's in place, I'll be calm and happy and peaceful. Mm, but now the it's when like. when thing. The yeah. when something happens, I'll be better. Yeah, Instead exactly. of just when I'm happy, things will be better. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like, no, you can just be happy. And then yeah. all those other things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now I'm in that place of like. And you're attracting I, everything. Yeah. And it's like a magnet. It's crazy. But. Um, we, got, we got lost there. We I got lost. Like on track. No, I, I took it away from what we were talking about before with the advice okay. thing. I think that's, I think that's a big, I think it's, it's an important thing. And actually you can even t- tie it back into relationships because. In relationships, this is, goes back to the thing that I'm always sort of battling is like giving advice to you on how to fix your thing that you're struggling with. I still when like think sometimes you're I not value, even trying to fix it. I value your opinion always though. And I think that you know me more than like the majority of people, if not all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I know that what you are saying is important to me like and probably what i need to hear you know my ego doesn't want to hear it (laughs) but um i think it's more like sometimes i just need to say that i'm like need to get the emotion out or need to vent about something or need to in my version my details out before and all the scenarios going on in my head. Like, remember, um, I have to stop you there. I don't think that you need to do that. I don't think you need to change anything. You're going through your version of the problem that you're seeing. And I, what I, what I'm doing is I'm hearing what you're telling me is the problem. And then I'm placing my own experience on it. And then I'm trying to tell you 
how to do it based on what I would do, mm-hmm. which is not correct. The correct way is for me to just sit there and meet you where you are. But and no, <laughs> but no and not just many times asking I... questions and I'm yeah. not trying to make fun. But but just this is probably maybe the definition of meet you where you are and I can stop making fun of it and then I can actually understand it maybe. But uh it's it's to actually just ask you questions and sit with you and not try to impose my will on the scenario. Yeah. And I don't think that you've ever had that um like demanding energy or anything like you've never made me you've always made me feel like i can still do it on my own like that i had to take your advice to solve the thing because i pretty much never (laughs) sounds might sound bad (laughs) but i've always still filtered it through my own understanding and taken my own time like i can't remember a while ago we were talking about something I remember. I don't want to really want to talk about this scenario because there's people probably listening. But remember, like the specific thing about how, like, I guess I. We don't have a filter. So it's about like um, fam, like family. Wanting to give us stuff for the baby room. Oh, okay, sure, sure. And, I was getting. Oh right, I know that. Worked up about not worked up, but. Um. Feeling a little bit overwhelmed because because i felt like for me you were having a hard time communicating what you really wanted out of the conversation and and specifically what you're hoping for with what we're trying to do with that room yeah so my thing was i was wanting to have people that want to be involved involved if they want to be Mm -hmm. especially like family and especially people that want to make sex stuff for us you know give does things it's so nice um and i was having a hard time navigating how to set boundaries and be specific on what i envisioned because mm-hmm. i and then another thing was that i kept trying to share with you like how i really need to drive home how like i needed you to um express what you want because i didn't want to make all the decisions because i'm the woman of what baby room is going to look like and i didn't want to have like an instagram nursery like it didn't matter to me there's just certain there are things you wanted out of like uh specifically for the psychology of rosie like you wanted to make sure that like psychology of it the and i wanted it to be like natural simple kind of boho but more like Mm -hmm. nature not too like uh childish or like cutesy like something that would like last and be like na- mm-hmm. simple and s- bohemian beautiful. boho yeah and bohemian like, well that's that's good if that's not a design thing bohemian. that's bohemian no it's bohemian like b-o is bohemian i know honey but it's b-o-h-o-h however you spell bohemian <laughs> <laughs> anyway no you add the extra o is what i'm saying but, boho- the, whole, but the whole thing that i'm just saying it's like boho slash bo <laughs> oh my god but the thing that I was struggling with was like how to not hurt people's feelings, but also still get not get what I want, but be clear about what I was envisioning. I don't know. It was I, I and I struggled with that like my whole life probably because people mm-hmm. would want to like I felt like I was I had to accept things like gifts or like certain things. Well, that, you used to struggle with it. Yeah. 
but I did I I just really like when things like feel like me even though it's a baby room for another being I don't want it to feel like it's like out of control and I guess we both kind of like came up against that with like baby stuff because obviously like it's nice to have like the support that people do like want to give you things to mm-hmm. help you out and stuff like that but then it's like oh i don't want my house full of stuff that's like we don't need we don't yeah like like which sounds yeah bad. so it sounds well, i sound no, no, really no. bad no no right no now, no, no, no 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 you don't you don't i know you're trying to navigate if someone is listening who has done something for us and not making them feel bad but you're not saying you're not saying that like oh everyone's giving us a ton of shit and oh my god i can't even it's all of it sucks it's not even anything i wanted what you're saying is like you have a certain thing you want to do which is what you're saying is i don't i'm sure when people listen to this that are parents there are going to be moms that are be like i felt exactly the same way so don't feel like what you're saying don't feel like what you're saying is going to offend anybody because even the people that we've had to maybe have we haven't really had that that big of a deal like any of the times we've had it it's been between you and i and then we change it and then everyone understands like it's been great but um i think what you're describing is something very important which is when remove the baby thing from it but you can use it as an example um is just communicating your boundaries because Mm -hmm. with a baby there's so many things right like your friends want to get involved and they want to they especially if your friends have already had kids they have opinions about things and whatever and again thank you friends if you're listening we appreciate it all i'm not saying any of this is bad but you have to like try to take it all in and then also be able to do your own thing with it and some of it's helpful some of it's not some of it's ugly some of it's cute some of it's what you want some of it isn't and what where I would come come back to it is like it's communication, it's self awareness, and it's boundaries. Like and it's probably a little bit of letting go. <laughs> like for me, probably like a little, maybe a little less control. Even well, though I, don't, I think you're I don't letting. Like, I think a version of maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a version of what you need to let go of. And this might be me mansplaining or man intervening, intervening, but uh, is is your letting go of what people are going to think if you tell them the truth mm, yeah that's that's a that's the truth right there because that's that's what we dealt with with that that scenario that you're talking about I, is I, you were like definitely something that i just deal with it's like an internal thing and the scenario was someone was asking you about something uh, mm-hmm. related to the room and you were like and i'm very specific yeah you had a specific way you wanted to do it and it just didn't kind of jive and this person if you just told them the truth they were going to take it well but you had a hard time like actually just committing to saying the truth because you were scared of what the result was going to be mm-hmm. and then you did it and the result was amazing and it made you feel better but the lesson in it from what i'm understanding without telling you what your lesson is is that it felt like that's part of what you need to do sometimes is let go of control of what or yeah, next right yeah. let go of what the outcome is going to be if you're telling someone the truth because Attachment that's to the result is this yeah and and maybe attachment to the result but also like having some sort of expectation on what your truth means to other people and like not worrying so much that what i want or what i need is a problem for people it's going to be a problem for people and big also like i always thought that like being picky or being specific i think it's a family thing because it made me feel 
probably kind of bad for it. Like, like my mom, for example. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but like, for example, going shopping and she's like, how can you go to a mall or go somewhere and not like anything? She'll <laughs> laugh about this when she listens because she's literally said it a billion times. Um, and how like I just liked cer- certain things a certain way, like mm. for my clothes, whatever. And I have tons of stuff still now probably that she would give me or like whatever that I feel like obligated to keep or wear, mm-hmm. even though I didn't necessarily like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably part of it. But then you're, but you're, you're so like. But I'm not trying to sound like not appreciative either. Like I no, 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 no. And I didn't think you, I didn't think you sounded like that. And I know, I know what it's like. I've seen it. I've seen it in action. You're like, when you come home, you're like, oh, this just wasn't. I think what you just said, I can say in a different way that would make everyone who's listening understand that you're very kind about it. Like you come home and you're like, oh, the sweater just like isn't really my style, but like I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I'll just wear it. Like you're just so, um, well, you put everyone ahead of yourself sometimes and that can be a fault with a sweater or whatever. You're like, whatever, what that doesn't matter. But when there, when there are bigger things that you're dealing with, sometimes you still will put yourself you know, in the back seat or, yeah, or other people's feelings ahead of my own. Yeah. And then, and then it kind of keeps you from saying the truth you need to say in order to kind of set a boundary or, or get you to a place where you're kind of feeling like you're getting something that you need, whatever that is. And I don't think, I don't think that's something you, um, I don't think that's something that has been easy for you to sort of overcome for whatever reason, but you have big time and it takes those little moments, like just sending that text that says a little bit of more truth than you're normally doing, normally would say to kind of break it. So that next time your capacity for doing it gets a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And then eventually it just goes away. That's kind of like, that's, that's what I realized about different things. Specifically for me, it's anger. It's experiencing anger and actually experiencing anger. Not not just calling it frustration and being like, oh, I'm just frustrated. It's like, no, I'm fucking angry. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and you I really have to admit with that it. for a while, eh? Yeah, but, but that's where, back to the idea of like the stream and then the returning. I've gone into these deep spiritual experiences and seen anger and experienced anger in those moments and where it comes from, who it's tied to, how it shows up. But when I get back into real mode, reality, and I'm now forced to integrate that lesson from that experience, um, I don't do it. Yeah, it's also and like when you until feel I did. the emotion still and feel it in your body and all that kind of stuff, it's like it's different. You have to allow yourself because then you're still that resistance in your body, that coping mechanism yeah. that you've learned and um replayed a million times and that's the behavior that you have to check yeah that's when you go back you when you enter the returning after you've come from the stream (laughs) i'll stop using that language but you could get a little nugget of wisdom from a spiritual endeavor or some sort of like book you read and you realize something then you have to apply it Mm -hmm. and And you get experience and you get wisdom from that moment too of like actually allowing yourself to feel it because there was a while where like you were like uh, like you didn't know how to like process the anger in the moment because you were never allowed you never allowed yourself and you never allowed 
in scenarios in your life to be yeah. angry. Yeah. So you were struggling with the outlet. Of yeah. It. And it was like, this is pretty recently. This was like something I uncovered through the little work we've done, the little work, the insane work we've done, I think <laughs> through COVID. But we, someone introduced us to the documentary called all the rage. It's uh, Dr. Cerno uh, from New York city. He's a psychologist and he works with cancer patients, but at a psychological level to help them understand their emotions that are tied to their cancer. And he has a book called the divided mind. That is all that all talks about like separating ourselves from rage. Rage is the, it's all the books about rage and the book, the movie, obviously the documentary is called all the rage. It's about rage. And, um, once I sort of got an understanding of rage a little bit, I realized that that's what I was experiencing under my skin all the time when I would just say I'm frustrated, but I was like raging. And I think a lot of people are, and it, and I think it led to a lot of my sickness. Like I had a lump in my throat. It's like when the body says no book too. Yeah. I had a lump in my throat and I was sick. Like. Why did I try to tell you something? Yeah. And I, w- I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I couldn't say anything out loud. I couldn't, couldn't get that rage out. And then I fucking raged when I realized that I was allowed to like, you you let me do it, which was also part of like r- maybe coming full circle on the original conversation is like, you let me, you let that cat out of the bag and I needed to big time or I was going to, I was going to just keep pushing it down. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a moment on MDMA that had brought it out and I had seen where it was coming from and then, yeah, you come back and you're like, sort of try it's forcing you to see it and then you can't see and then it's showing you all the time and then it's like you know when you see a car you want and you see that car everywhere mm-hmm. it's the same thing so this book idea where you see this book and it pops up everywhere it's the same thing with these emotions they're showing you all the time the things you need to deal with but you just have to be like you have to listen mm-hmm. and that's part of that self-work this has been a nice like integrative uh episode conversation mm-hmm. Because we've just like integrated all those things in together. But it takes that self-work to go in to realize that you're being shown something you have to work on. And then you have to come out of it and you have to actually fucking work on it. I've been trying not to swear as much this episode because I feel like the last couple I, sw- I swore too much. But it's important to do that fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> like the the integration work. The work that it takes. Integration is applied to psychedelics in a lot of ways. And yes, of course, we... Couldn't go a whole episode without me saying that word, mm-hmm. psychedelics. But the idea of integration is just taking wisdom and applying it to your character, your personalities, your behavior, and understanding and witnessing how that little insight you got from whatever it is, a book, a meditation, a psychedelic trip, and how that little nugget is applied to your life and in whatever way and it's continuing to experience it in different ways until it's gone that's that's my understanding of the personal development journey the spiritual transformation whatever you want to call it is when you understand something that's negative that you don't really want to sort of face 
You have to keep facing it and keep responding to it differently every single time until it goes away. And it will eventually go away. But you can't run from it. You can't hide from it. And you can't like, you can't, uh, you can't bypass it by telling other people about it as if you've already uncovered it or, or gone all the way through it until you actually have. Yeah. And it's like living in those moments, actually living them, um, instead of like wanting to shoot ahead and be like, Oh, if I, if, if I integrate this or like you, you, you can kind of like trick yourself. You're thinking like, Oh, if I do this, then eventually I'll be happy. Eventually I'll be free. I like, was just saying, I, that's how I just, doing that. it's almost like you, it's almost like you randomly figure out one day that you're like, wow, I feel great. And Someone then, was just talking about this tonight on that. Yeah. Um, psychedelic skills course that i've been taking someone was like (laughs) it was so it was so cute how she said it she was just like i can't remember what i said oh i was talking about how um we were talking about um how to like cope with a certain emotion when you're in a psychedelic experience and like the different ways to resource your way through it so that you're not suppressing it or whatever and so i brought up the idea of like anxiety and excitement are actually this exact same experience physiologically it's just a release of norepinephrine and i brought that up and i was like is it good to just reframe it and and potentially try to like experience it the same way but with a positive spin on it without being like over positive and and they all kind of corrected me and sort of said like sometimes that's okay sometimes that's good but a lot of the times like it's about asking the question um for what that that experience needs or that emotion needs but then this woman chimed in and said like i have an example like i was at work and i was all stressed about this thing and then i just got super overwhelmed and like really irritated and shaky and anxious and and then all of a sudden i stopped and i realized this fucking sucks is what she said and i expected something different from her but she laughed and i was like I was kind of thinking like, what does that mean? And then she's like, wait, I haven't felt this feeling in a while. And she realized that she had like done the work that she wanted to, where she hasn't had to feel that feeling of anxiousness in so long. I thought it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you do have that. I've had that like with, with anger and rage. I do not have it the same way that I did like six months ago. Yeah. Because and I don't even think I was, I don't even think I've had rage or anger in six months. Yeah, and it's not even like your rage is like what people think people perceive as rage. People think of rage as, a, as like a complete, almost like a psychotic break out of control, destruction, right? Well, that's what, unfortunately, it feels like that's what society has made that word out to be. It has a bit of yeah, a I negative connotation they, to it. Why people don't want it. Well, it is not, it's not a positive thing, but... For me, it has been. It's been incredibly positive to just like go through rage. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what happened. Remember, I remember at our old place, I was just sitting on the countertop and I was just, it was like bawling up inside of me and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't not express it. Like it was just like yeah. a dragon, just like fucking fire out my mouth. I could not get out of it. And like that's what I think I needed for so long. And I would like replace it with things. This is, I think, what, if there's anything to 
to to learn from this i would i would say it's that i was trying to it's a perfect example of what i was saying with that woman is i was like reframing i was reframing these scenarios like you can reframe anxiety and excitement and it actually kind of works at a physiological level but at a psychological level it doesn't like on a chemical level yes you can switch it but at the psychological level you can't get away from and it and they're kind of in a different frame like we mentioned before like anxiety is like in the past or in fear of the future and excitement is more in the moment yeah seeming like or it's a kind of anticipatory. I guess it can also be future. Mm-hmm. But it's more like anxiety has like um, dread and it has like you're trying not. Well, so, so, many, different, so many different types of anxiety, I guess. But um, like a panic kind of. Mm-hmm. And whereas There's excitement. Excitement's like you're exhilarated and mm-hmm. happy and yeah so there's like they're a little different for me but i do know what you're saying yeah you have to keep experiencing it yeah don't stop and it doesn't have to be that's her dog if you can hear that <laughs> <laughs> she's sleeping and making noises pretty <laughs> dreaming away we should record these in video sometimes and just have <laughs> little pearly like in the background cuddling up. Um, maybe that's a good way to end it. Feel all your feelings, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Go through them in all. In your body and in your... And hopefully you find someone that'll like just be there with you and let you do it instead yeah. of mansplaining all over you. And allow it <laughs> and support it so beautifully like you do all the time. I love you, honey. I love you too, sweetheart. Bye. Mm-hmm.